0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Owen. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today here in Golden Valley, Minnesota, is where I'm located. And it's a warm, sunny afternoon, at least at the recording of segment number one here, post game segment, of course, like we always do. The Minnesota Vikings. Started this game out horribly, trailing 21-0, to but after that, the Packers wouldn't score again with 14 minutes remaining the rest of the game. 14 minutes remaining in the second quarter. The Packers would not score for virtually three quarters. The remainder of the game, and Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, and I guess a certain quarterback named Kirk Cousins would combine for about 200 yards running, about 200 yards rushing, pardon me. Oh, gosh, about seven yards a carry. Yeah about 200 yards rushing, 154 in terms of Delvin Cook. And uh, the Packers never score another point the rest of the game. The Minnesota Vikings offense absolutely dominated. And again, the Vikings defense, after an awful start, absolutely dominated. So the Vikings won, right? The Vikings won the game. I mean, of course the Vikings won. I mean, Green Bay scoring those 21 points is pretty disgusting in the first, uh, well, 16 minutes of the game, we'll say. Pretty disgusting stuff. Some of the worst vanilla defense you ever saw. And then the Vikings defense flat out took over. And you saw Delvin Cook just dominate. Absolutely dominate time and time again. A focus on the run. It was beautiful. No, the Vikings won it but scoring only 16 points in some of the most horrendous, bull crap turnovers you've ever seen. And the Vikings lose 21-16 to 16 and then yet another wasted week two of now 2019 in this case. <laughs> Back-to-back seasons in Green Bay in uh, Week 2, and back-to-back complete wasted opportunities. Three missed field goals last year. This year, countless opportunities to score touchdowns. You can complain about the referees, and you can certainly complain about the Minnesota quarterback. It's uh, Whatever. As uh, uh, a friend once said years ago on the uh, NFL East to West show, the Minnesota quarterback, because he couldn't stomach Brett Favre after some of the cheap... uh, after the cheap comment far made basically he was more tired celebrating than after the game. Of course this was a Cowboys fan on the sports years ago. God I, I miss being a part of that website. It's just just no longer exists unfortunately but um, so Dylan just kind of wanted to move on and other things to do but still a close friend of mine and his club is having trouble scoring as well against Green Bay and now against Denver but at least they're ahead this week. Uh, I think it's the Chicago White Sox versus the, oh, I guess Denver doesn't have a Oh yeah, Colorado Rockies. Yep, six to three. It's the, uh, it's the White Sox versus the Colorado Rockies versus the Cubs. Uh, let's call them the White Sox, I guess. Whatever. Six to three. Yeah, that's basically all it is. Uh, Vikings offense. Well, the uh, for the second straight week, the pass blocking not very good. Run blocking pretty good. Uh, Garrett Bradbury is not off to a good start in the NFL. But one thing to note that'll give you some hope: Corey Stringer looked pretty awful in his first season. Honestly, at least his first couple games there, blocking for Warren Moon at left tackle, number 77, they were like, yeah, I mean, there were just images of him just kind of standing there as Warren Moon got sacked. Not off to a good start. Garrett Bradbury, same thing. He's getting pushed backwards time and time again, and that's not good, but we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. He's got a long, long career ahead of him, or at least we hope so. Is Yeah, we hope it's not a not-for-long career for him. It should be a long career. Should be. <laughs> should be. Yeah, of course, our hide. Draft picks in the offensive line lately haven't turned out so great. I suppose at least in the first round, Mac Khalil and others, but uh, Stringer was a first-round pick and he turned out okay. To the point, though, I I I left somebody out. You know, the great running game and this and that, and I left the I left the jailbirds out too. You know, the uh, the referees. Was it really a bad officiated game? Not really. It was just a weird officiated game. Now you get these gosh darn Mickey frickin Offensive pass interference calls in the end zone that are not the kind of pass interference you're expecting. You're thinking, okay, yeah, he pushed off, like Nate Poole and all those guys. Uh, yeah, he, he pushed off. You know, he, he just pushed off. You know, uh, or was it Drew Pearson? Excuse me. I'm getting mixed up with the famous Arizona play back in 2003. <laughs> the no by Paul Allen, of course. <laughs> Drew Pearson. Let's not mention that name on this show, even though it's a long time ago. Um, sure. Yeah, offensive pass interference on what should have been a touchdown. Vikings wind up with a field goal. That's great. That just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. At least we got a field goal out of it. <laughs> yeah, because of course we couldn't score after that because our quarterback's accuracy was just not accurate. It just wasn't, and it wasn't the entire game. I'm just so happy Kirk Cousins attempted 32 passes in this game. Wasn't it fun? And yeah, it's one thing when you're behind and all that and you got to attempt more passes, but... I swear, to, I, I swear. You know, it's like you just don't want him to even have the ball. I mean, and, and you're paying him twenty eight million dollars. You You'd think it's Christian Ponder? And gosh, he came out of the same draft as Christian Ponder. My God, that draft is a joke now, isn't it? Andrew Luck stuck for Luck. He doesn't even play till he's thirty because of off injuries and all that. You know, being oft injured. Jake Locker, Christian Ponder, uh, RG three. I mean, can we go on? Blaine Bleep and Gabbard, who couldn't complete a pass to his he couldn't complete a pass to the sky. That's how much he sucks. Uh, Kirk Cousins today, I, I don't know. He didn't look much better than Blaine Gabbert or Christian Ponder, did he? <laughs> he, he just didn't yeah, fumbled, and he recovered it, or at least his teammate recovered it and saved the day. Second time, just like the next bleepin' play, he does fumble and loses it. That's that's just great. You see him running with the ball. Okay, good. He got the first down. Yeah, but the ball's not even in his hands. Like just whatever. Do you want him to run? He he might fumble it. You want him to pass? He might throw an interception. You want him to do this? You want him to do that? And then there were some plays that were not caught that probably should have been. I mean, you had uh, uh, you had a play to uh, Adam Thielen that probably should have been caught, but then countless others that were overthrown. You had... uh, a play a Stefan Diggs that would have been a sure first down that should have been caught. They went the Vikings end up having to punt. Uh, Cole Quit was pretty busy today, especially after we thought there was an offensive surge in this game. Cole Quit was insanely busy because the Vikings were not converting on third down. At the beginning of the game, the Vikings couldn't stop a third down for their life as the Packers literally rolled on three straight possessions into the end zone. I mean, it was just like this is going to be a blowout. As they say in the old Canadian, uh, <laughs> as they say in the old NHL games on the PlayStation, no question about this game. It was a blowout. And that's where it was heading. It looked like it was going to be 55 to 10. And, you know, that was it. I mean, the Packers, gosh, what was it? Like 11 consecutive series they couldn't score. And the Vikings still lose the game. <laughs> Isn't that just great? And it wasn't because the Packers' defense was spectacular, it's because Kirk Cousins was freaking horrible. To throw in a New York accent. Friggin' horrible. Uh, Delvin Cook was spectacular. This is your franchise player. This is absolutely your franchise player, like I put into the uh in-game thread. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you your 2019 Minnesota Vikings most valuable player, number thirty-three, Delvin Cook. It's Delvin Cook. It absolutely is. And Alexander Madison, can I keep saying it? This guy is starting running back material. What what a nice pick. What a nice draft pick in the third round. I mean, you're trading down, trading down. You wind up with him. Uh, Amir Abdullah had a nice hit, uh, preventing any type of return. Absolutely no uh, (laughs) interference or roughing the uh, returner, whatever the heck you want to call it anymore. Interference, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Uh, It was a great play by Amir Abdullah. He was able to run the ball once. There was nothing spectacular there, of course. Uh, Mike Boone, wouldn't mind seeing him get in the game, but uh, unfortunately not the case at this point. Uh, Madison is starting running back material, but Delvin Took is a grand slam home run. He's not just a home run threat; he's a grand slam home, uh, home run threat, like Miguel Snow last night. That was awesome uh, in the doubleheader. The Twins. Can I can I go? Can I get off topic here for about thirty seconds and go down memory lane? Last night's game for the Minnesota Twins in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, uh, you know the second of a doubleheader, which the Twins amazingly swept. I can't believe we actually accomplished that. The Twins considering how they played in, uh, played against Cleveland this year. But um, it, it, it reminded me of the 91 Twins, Game 5, Toronto Blue Jays, and, of course, the Sky Dome back in the good old days, and the ALCS, the old Sky Dome, which still is the Blue Jays' stadium, if you can believe that, Toronto Blue Jays. The Twins fell behind early, and it just kind of kept, it just built up. It was like 5-2, to two, similar to the Twins, 5-2, 6-2, something like that. And then the Twins started hitting home run after home run, started scoring. There's a big three-run homer, and then Mike Pagarulo basically hit the clincher, kind of wrapped things up down the stretch. The Twins trail 5-2 last night. They end up tying the game up. And then you have the app open, MLB at bat, as I'm working my ass off on a Saturday. Isn't that exciting? And you see all three bases lit up, and then they just disappeared. And it's nine to five. I'm like, oh god! <laughs> so then immediately, I switch over to the live feed, and it was Miguel said, "I was uh, first career Grand Slam," and that was pretty damn cool. Kind of reminded me of the '91 uh, Twins when they ended up taking the lead, and because because last night's game pretty much puts the Twins in position to win the uh, uh, American League Central, and. Onto the postseason, God forbid, against the Yankees or the Houston Astros. It is what it is. But they're going to make the playoffs, and this time I actually have a series, not just a one-gamer, in-and-out crap like we did with the Yankees. So with that said, let's move back. That was cool. It just reminded me of the uh, the 91 ALCS. Sorry, sorry about that. It's, uh, Delvin Cook is a grand slam threat. A grand slam home run threat. You just pray to God he stays healthy. And he has got so much power to his game. Power and strength. He's not thunder. He's not lightning. He's thunder and lightning that's extremely rare in the NFL. Um like Adrian Peterson could have that third gear and he could just take off and he could power over people and Adrian Peterson's going to be a top 5 top 4 running back of all time even with those stupid seasons getting getting erased with injuries and of course with uh, suspension um and the strange rules of the in the NFL with this knocking out your season and that not knocking out your season. I don't know. I don't even want to get into it. I just don't. I mean, it's... They talk about it enough everywhere else. You know, I think a lot of you are tired of some of that conversation. Um, There were times in this game it looked like the Vikings couldn't stop Aaron Jones. And then all of a sudden the Vikings constantly did stop Aaron Jones. Early on, it was ridiculous. You wound up with a 5.0 carry with only a 15 long. That's... It was just 7 yards, 10 yards, 7 yards, 10 yards. And it drove us insane. I mean, you can't make a bleep and stop with Aaron Jones... And then, of course, during the final drive, when the Packers were able to burn a lot of time, there it was again, Aaron Jones, and of course the other Aaron, that guy, uh, the first couple drives, he looked like it was 2010, 2011, 20-whatever, when Aaron Rodgers was a league MVP, he looked like the same guy again, and he kind of is still, and then the frustration took over, LeFleur, this and that, he didn't like wearing the wristband on his hand, his arm, and all that, yeah. Like, I know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm a legend. I know what I'm doing. I've been here forever. You know, I don't need all this all this coddling. So you thought, okay, here we go. Aaron Rodgers already two games into his career with Lafleur, and it's already going downhill with those two. Who knows? Um, but then, of course, he magically was back on his game after getting frustrated and, and not doing so hot because the Vikings' defense was great for the better part of three quarters. But then there's the last drive, and then magically, there it is. The completed passes, those bullet throws, right place, right time. Throwing a guy open, all that magic, which Kirk Cousins just cannot... Oh, God, I almost dropped an F-bomb. Cannot bleeping do. Let's just leave it at that. Aaron Rodgers throws players open. Brett Favre throws receivers open. Kirk Cousins just throws the ball, chucks and ducks. Kirk Cousins runs with the ball and, well, ducks. He doesn't chuck. In that case, he ducks. And then the ball starts bouncing. And then you see him do a Mitchell Trubisky. You see him do what Matt Ryan did late in the game, too, the second interception, where it's like, he, why in the hell is he throwing it there? Please don't be intercepted. Just be an incomplete pass. And you see all those little sons of you-know-what, so the green shirts and their arms raised up in the air with all that excitement. That's, of course, the fans. Because, yes, of course it was intercepted. How many bleeping chances did we have to win this game? And then, and then there it was. There it was. We were there. Golden opportunity like you've never seen. Everything was working. Delvin Cook looked like Terrell Davis, Terrell Davis, pardon me, in this game. He looked like Terrell Davis against the Green Bay Packers in the 96 Super Bowl in the 95 and 96 seasons. Pardon me, 97 Super Bowl. He looked like Terrell Davis in the 97 Super Bowl and during that playoff run by the Denver Broncos. Just rolling through everybody occasionally able to take off with speed. Terrell was not as quick as Delvin Cook, but he sure as hell was a spectacular running back. And if he could have stayed healthy, I'm telling you, he would have been better than all of the sons of guns. He he would have been up there with the top three, I think. Top four, he would have been fourth all time, maybe behind the big three. And I will talk about those guys as the big three forever on this show. I'll say them again if I must. Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith. He probably could have succeeded Emmitt Smith, possibly as a better player, it's just that Smith had the more yardage, that's all, um, I do think Emmett Smith is actually the third best of those three, but, well, the object of the game is to move forward when you're a running back, and Emmett Smith moved forward, Delvin Cook reminds me of Terrell Davis in a lot of ways, with that strength, the power, and just natural, just naturally, seven, eight yards, boom, 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 and it's like, there's not a whole lot you can do, as long as the blocking is up to par, and, Dalvin Cook obviously knows how to hit the holes, when to hit the holes, and so does this rookie number 25, Alexander Madison. I really like Alexander Madison. I think he's going to have a long, very successful career. But Kirk Cousins, you know, if he didn't have 28 bleeping million dollars guaranteed to him next year, I'd cut him. I'd cut him at the end of the season. I would. I would cut him. You know, I mean, it is what it is. You know, not for long. You cut a player that's just not up to par. You cut your losses and move on. I'd cut him. I'd consider cutting him at the very least. Oh, it's just, yeah, I know. You're not going to put Sean Mannion in there next week against, you know, your next opponent, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to do that. We're not idiots. All of you that might think we're going to do that, we're idiots. You know, this, we're not idiots. We're not going to do that. But you have to take the ball out of his hands again. And please, for God's sake, don't fall behind 21 nothing again. I mean... Seriously, that's part of the problem. But you you had all the time in the world to run the ball, and running the ball pretty much won the game today. It pretty much did until stupid happened. Until stupid quarterback became stupid quarterback. Uh, KC, I don't know what else to call him. He just was horrendous. He was inaccurate from the get-go, um, and the inaccuracy continued. He overthrow Stephon Diggs. I mean, that was a touchdown for Stephon Diggs. If he didn't overthrow him... Thielen, there was at least one or two plays where it was similar like that. There were a couple drops in the game. A couple, but not that many. They were very frustrating because they were both on third downs, so yes, Thielen and Diggs catch the bleeping ball in those situations, but that was once each for those two guys. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? In Kirk Cousins' case, Delvin Cook is the next Terrell Davis to me, if he can stay healthy, and again, Terrell Davis did not stay healthy, which was very sad because he was so freaking good. He was so good, and our buddy there, uh, Mr. Uh, Gerald Spring would know a bit about that. The uh, the guy on the team that he uh, <laughs> affectionately refers to as the Donkeys, the Denver Broncos, are his second favorite club. And Terrell Davis, I mean, I'm going to keep saying that name. I love Terrell Davis, and I love Delvin Cook. And, man, Alexander Madison's got some game, too. We are blessed. We are flat-out blessed with Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Just hands-folded. Palms to the sky, whatever you want to say. Please stay healthy, both of you. And then, I wish Teddy Bridgewater was our quarterback. <laughs> is, it, it, is it okay to say that? I wish Teddy, Teddy was our quarterback. The Saints have Teddy Bridgewater playing right now. Yes, they do. And unfortunately, the score is not too good there. It's the uh, the Dodgers leading the New Orleans team that doesn't exist. 6-3. to three. So, the Dodgers are winning. In, at halftime in that case, the Dodgers. Yeah. Are they bums or what? Yeah, well, they're bums. The Vikings are bums, well, at least Kirk Cousins is. I don't know what else to say. I mean, Daniel Hunter, I mean, the frustration too. Aaron Rodgers, how many times could you call that SOB for intentional grounding? I mean, it feels like it. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he. either he gets away with it or he just magically gets rid of the ball in that split second before. But, I mean, my goodness, the pass rush by the Minnesota Vikings today deserves recognition. It really does. Uh, Chad Beebe, see, the most spectacular, second most spectacular passing play of the day. Well, most prolific in terms of length. Went to Chad Beebe. It was about an 8-yard play, 8, 9-yard play. That was a first down. This was the best play of the game, you could say, by uh, Kirk Cousins in terms of being under pressure and, and thinking quick and making a good play to Chad Beebe, who then scampered and broke a, about, was about three or four tackles along the way almost got in the end zone. And then, of course, there was the infamous uh, Stefan Diggs pass interference. Uh, or it was, it was called on uh, Delvin Cook for having his hands up and blocking on a play a few, uh, yards down the field into the end zone when well, what was the point of that? I don't know. Uh, even the guy on the TV, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, officiating guru there basically said that's when you'd normally let go. But, well, they didn't. And I don't know. It haunted the Vikings multiple times in the game, and of course, that touchdown will haunt you forever. Uh, that should have been a touchdown. Then Stefon Diggs does get the touchdown later on. He he does get a touchdown very soon after that into the second half. Great play by Kirk Cousins. Okay, thirty-four or forty-four yard play. Stefon Diggs better catch, better movement, but still good play by Kirk Cousins. You don't want to only bash Cousins, because he does have special skills. That's the thing. He's he's got the arm. He's got the capability to be a good quarterback, but he doesn't have the mind. He doesn't have the mind to be a good quarterback. It's not because he's stupid. He just doesn't have the mind to be a great quarterback. That's why he's not a great quarterback. Purple Mafia just said it. He's not a great quarterback. Most of you probably already agree anyway. Um, Great play. You You got the touchdown. It's 16 now. We're at 16, and Stefan Diggs pulls off his helmet. He pulls off his helmet. What What are you doing? What are you doing, Stefan? Why Why, why are you pulling your helmet off? Like, are you Are you Are you an idiot? He pulls off his helmet. I mean, late nineties. You know, back in the late nineties, this was it was already illegal. Back when Stefan Diggs was like a baby, basically, he pulls his helmet off. Like, are you ridic- Are you stupid? He, he pulled his helmet off. <laughs> Remember when Chris, uh, Chris Carter caught his one thousand pass? And he couldn't pull his, pull his helmet off because of the rule. Do you, you remember that? Remember that? Everybody was like, "This is that's a stupid, that's stupid. You know, you can't just make an exception. This is the year 2 bleeping thousand. 19 years ago. It's old news. And Stefan Diggs pulled his helmet off. What an idiot. So then you get uh, Dan Bailey pushed way back and he gets his kick blocked. That was great. Dan Bailey also missed a 47-yarder. You know, I want to believe in Dan Bailey. I really do. But, ah. Uh, I don't know. The kick blocking, that can definitely go on the uh, the line in front of him. But the 47-yarder, he just missed it. I mean, you can't blame the holder now, right? Because Colquitt's the greatest holder ever. You can't blame Matt Weil now. Matt Weil was just the worst holder ever. So, And then you, you, he, he just missed it. And I don't know, man. I mean, there wasn't any gale force winds blowing the ball, so I don't know. Your quarterback is inaccurate. Your kicker's inaccurate. And Your pass blocking still sucks. Riley Reeve to me, is barely a starting tackle in the NFL at this point. I mean, I think he's finished. Honest to God. At the end of this year, that's another guy. You gotta upgrade the the left tackle desperately. I know it's not the easiest thing in the world, but you gotta do it. It's gotta happen. It has to happen. Um, Look how inaccurate Mr. Kirk Cousins was in this game. And yes, he threw some passes away, but a lot of them were just flat-out misses flat out misses. Stefan Diggs was targeted seven times, and the only catch he made was the 49-yarder. Isn't that unbelievable? That's the only one made. Ah, uh, 45-yarder, pardon me. Okay, so I guess the other one, they they don't officially count it as a catch. That's pretty dumb. The four-yard touchdown, because it it got waved off because of the stupid thing. Yet, they still gave him the yards. That doesn't make any sense, but okay. <laughs> That's strange. Um, but overall, man, I, I don't know. Adam Thielen, still a very solid game today. It's a big game, big 30-yard game that helped put the Vikings in position. But so many times the Vikings were stymied because of inaccurate plays and uh, going away from the run. And I don't know why, why the Vikings offensive coaches went away from the run during that fateful drive is beyond me. Why? Kirk Cousins would throw the ball to somebody who's triple-covered when there's other players that are open because if somebody's triple-covered, someone else is open. Too much of a stare down. You got to look the guy off, move a different direction, fake somebody out a little bit rather than just, okay, this is who I'm throwing it to you. This is who I'm throwing it to. Let's put a nice target on him. Okay, I'm throwing it to him. Just so you guys know, you, you over there, I'm throwing it there. So come on, go stop him. Go stop him. I'll still beat you and yeah, it wasn't even an accurate throw, but what else can you do? I mean, if you're going to throw it away, throw it away. Don't underthrow your throwaway throw and stuff. I mean, the guys reminded me of Warren Bleepin' Moon. Remember Warren Moon? As great as he was, all those prolific numbers, the guy never won a single playoff game in his entire career. Just think about that for a minute. Warren Moon, Mr. Yardage, Mr. Spectacular, Mr. 33 touchdowns, Mr. 4 touchdowns, 400 yards. Never won a playoff game in his career there's a reason for that because the guy fumbled like you wouldn't believe and he threw major interceptions at big moments when it mattered most because Warren Moon stunk in the the big moments Kirk Cousins well (laughs) I think I think I told the story there by describing Warren Moon it's almost the same you know you could argue Warren Moon is a better player but Kirk Cousins is like a worse version of Warren Moon I mean it's like it's basically like that is it okay to say that Warren Moon was looked at as a spectacular Hall of Fame player because of all those sexy yards and great plays, and then and then it all amounted to a whole lot of nothing. I mean, not only did he never win a Super Bowl, he never came close to getting to a Super Bowl. Couldn't even get out of the first round. It's Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Couldn't, couldn't ever beat the Buffalo Bills, ever, which was funny, until he suited up in purple. And by then, the Buffalo Bills were kind of done. Like, their magical runs were over. They, they weren't going to go to the Super Bowl five straight years. It's kind of crazy to imagine anybody doing that. (sighs) But it was a fun game, kind of. But then it just wasn't because Kirk Cousins was so bleeping inaccurate. I mean, it's like we were going to still win in spite of that. And then we got cute. We got too bleeping cute. Thielen on a play got too cute also. When he could have easily gotten a first down, all he had to do was just keep going forward. And then he got cute. He tried to go sideways to get around people, and he didn't get it. If he went forward, he might have been able to power his way through. There was a little bit of trying to get cute here down the stretch, which frustrated me. Adam Thielen absolutely is in no position to be called the guy that cost us the game today. In no position. So I am not pointing any fingers at Adam Thielen, obviously. Love what he did. Uh, Spectacular overall. It was the guy throwing the ball to him that really hurt the Vikings today. And falling behind 21-0 didn't help either. I mean, you know, this team scored only 10 points against the 85 Bears last week. So can't we keep them down to 17 now, we still would have lost, but maybe we wouldn't have. <laughs> maybe we could have gone for a field goal and finished it off, 19-17. to That would have been freaking cool. But it just didn't turn out that way. You fall down by that much, and you're screwed to, at the end of the day. The Fran Tarkington Award is going to be an easy choice. It is going to be Dalvin Cook for back-to-back weeks. Daniel Hunter was absolutely spectacular in the game as well. Uh, there were some nice batted down passes in this game by this defense. Eric Kendricks, huge, huge play. Huge game today. Eight total tackles. He deflected a pass. Sorry if this is going to be a longer, uh, a longer game review, but of, of course it is. Last week was kind of a not so bad game. Uh, Xavier Rhodes was below average at best. Not impressed with Xavier Rhodes. He got beat a lot today. Linval Joseph was just spectacular. and He's one of my favorite players ever. Uh, Daniel Hunter and Linval Jones are picking up sacks in the later stretches of this game. Daniel Hunter is just unbelievable in this game. Anthony Harris held his own. Curse, Kirst- Jaron Curse, got beat on some plays. Was okay in some plays. Eric Hendricks, I thought, was downright awesome. Uh, Anthony Barr generally was good, but he was in coverage on one of the plays and got beat pretty badly. Uh, Chris Boyd, I think he's in big trouble. I do. Uh, the announcers... Um, said that this was Marcus Epps on the play, but it was Chris Boyd, going literally right into the returner, after he was on the ground, after he was done, the play was dead, and he went basically helmet to helmet with the returner there, of Green Bay and Chris Boyd went helmet to helmet it's the second time now, Chris Boyd is messed up in uh when you're trying to go out there and basically be the gunner, so to speak, even though maybe that's not what he is, but uh, going out there trying to make the stop on special teams that is, multiple times now he has messed things up, and uh Boy, I I don't know. I mean, this guy's career is in jeopardy, I think. Uh, Chris Boyd, watch out. He just might end up being on the streets very soon for a a seventh-round cornerback. That's the last thing you want to do is have back-to-back weeks with dumb penalties and special teams. You just can't afford that. Didn't help uh, at all. So with that said, Fran Tarkington Award going definitely to Delvin Cook. The Christian Ponder Memorial will go to a guy that went in the same draft and is playing very similar to Christian Ponder. Very similar, and that is Kirk Cousins. Reminding me of Christian Ponder today. Christian Ponder never got $28 million. Christian Ponder never really got $8 million. Barely, in his career. I don't think he even did. Uh, Maybe collectively. Certainly didn't get $28 million a year, that's for sure. And the guy's kind of looking like Christian Ponder. Uh, A a little bit out there in uh, Kirk Cousins' case. Maybe not quite as awful. He has more special skills. But the results, not a whole lot better at this stage at least not really not really certainly not a whole lot better in this game um this win-loss record continues to stink uh spectacular statistics popping up as well in a game when you dominate another team over uh in a seven to five ratio in the running game Kirk Cousins uh there have been 28 teams that have lost in that situation Kirk Cousins has been a, uh no not 28 pardon me uh, 12, 12 teams that have lost. In that situation, Kirk Cousins is now a member of three of those teams, uh, the starting quarterback in that case. So 25% of games when you're running game was that dominant, and you still end up losing. And Kirk Cousins has been the quarterback in three of those times, two of them with Washington and one with Minnesota, and on we go, on we go. Kirk Cousins, congratulations on a big, juicy, smelly Christian Ponder Award for this week. Big and juicy this time. With that said, we'll take a break, and we will get to... Hopefully some more positive conversation. <sighs> Looking across the NFL. Get into the NFC Central. It's NFC North, pardon me. Still stuck in the past. NFC North. Roundup. Uh, Detroit won. Yay. Green Bay obviously won. And Chicago's ahead by a little bit here. Beating the uh, Colorado Rockies. So, yeah. Good stuff. We, you just might see every team usurp the Vikings. That'd be just great, wouldn't it? <laughs> back here on Purple Mafia segment number two. Time to look around the NFL a bit and of course, emphasis on the NFC North and next week's opponent, which is not the NFC North this time. This time we will be heading to the AFC, the AFC West, the Oaktown Raiders. As one of these decades, it will be the Los Angeles Raiders, or excuse me, should I say the Las Vegas Raiders, as we like to have teams moving back to LA again. The Rams were originally LA. Oakland was originally Oakland and Moved to L.A. and back to Oakland and now to Las Vegas. So, I don't know. Uh, If you're an NFL historian like myself, you're just kind of like, uh, they're just the Raiders. You know, the autumn wind is a Raider and they're the Raiders. Uh, Oh, this time it's going to be Las Vegas. Okay. Maybe in about 15, 20 years from now, maybe 30 years from now, there'll be uh, the Houston Raiders or the St. Paul Raiders or the Vancouver Raiders. I I have no idea why I'm even saying these kind of crazy things but after a game like today I, whatever you know it, it, let's just keep going I thought I had some addendum and errata to get to but um, I'm not even sure if I do if it comes back to me I'll get back to it Philadelphia and Atlanta they are kind of grinding it out right now 3-3 three to three score kind of similar to the second round game that still haunts me you know about a year and a half ago still haunts me to this day uh, different location this time around. Atlanta failing on a field goal attempt just recently, much to their chagrin. Mr. Bryant, there the kick is not even like no. It was kind of like I don't even know who to compare that to, like Blair Walsh. Yeah, it's great kick, great kick. Three to three, midway through the second quarter. Great uh, game. You got the Philadelphia Phillies versus the Atlanta Braves. So, yeah, the Atlanta Braves, watch out if the Twins actually survive. Just might face them in the World Series again, wouldn't that be something? Also, my yeah. Anyhow, before I get too far into that nonsense, Monday Night Football will have not will not see Darnold play. He is uh, he is out going into next week, so that's unfortunate going into this week. Anyway, Cleveland Browns, after their shellacking last week to the Tennessee Titans, they will hope to rebound and defeat the New York Jets, which I think is quite possible. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers go from an awful team. One cocky quarterback versus another cocky quarterback. The Tampa Bay Bucks go into North Carolina and defeat the Panthers twenty to fourteen. How about that? Jameis Winston actually winning a game. What are they like? Yeah, they're just awful. They've been really bad the last uh, year and a half here, like four and fourteen ish. They stink. Buccaneers stink, and it is what it is. But they're one and one, and the Carolina Panthers are not. They're zero and two. Cam Newton lost another fumble, didn't throw for a touchdown. He did get 333 yards. Seamus Winston didn't have a turnover in this game and actually had one of his better games in a while, 103 quarterback rating against a Carolina team that once upon a time was pretty good. It seems like yesterday. They were pretty good, and they're just not anymore. They just stink now. And I, I guess that's just how all, all there is to say about them. Peyton Barber, that name sounds familiar, at least the last name does, 82 yards and a touchdown along the way for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Christian McCaffrey, not even close to uh, last week where he demolished uh, their opponent last week. 2.3 yards a carry. Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense looking like the good old days there. Greg Olson dominating in the receiving department for Carolina and Chris Goodwin, Godwin, pardon me, 121 yards. Wow, not bad game for them. Let's keep moving, though, quickly here because I don't think a whole lot of people are too excited to hear about Tampa, Carolina right now. Cincinnati looks like the Bengals of old back in the 90s when they were winning like two or three games a year. They were basically what the Browns were the last five years. They were just awful. And Andy Dalton, well, he puts up the numbers and he turns the ball over. And they got demolished by Jimmy G., Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, about 300 yards, 3 touchdowns, 41-17 to 17 in Cincy, Paul Brown Stadium, one of the cooler looking, uh, well, one of the cooler looking end zones anyway, with those unique uniforms the Bengals wear, classic San Francisco uniforms, the greatest of all time, the Joe Montana era, which is what they've been back to for quite a while now, 49ers look good, 2-0, but so do their... Uh, So do their uh, rivals there to the south, the Los Angeles Rams. They look awfully good, too. We'll get to them momentarily. 41-17. San Francisco rolling over Cincy Dincy, Teeny-weeny Cincy Dincy. We'll leave Detroit, the Los Angeles Chargers, we'll leave those two alone momentarily. Come back to them when we get to the NFC North. The Tennessee Titans not such a great game this week. Only score 17 against a not-so-bad Indianapolis Colts team, which is not sucking for luck. They're just, well, kind of sucking without luck. But uh, Brissette's doing okay, though, for himself, actually. Three touchdowns and an interception. Only 146 yards, but not bad. He's versatile. He's mobile. And he's a good quarterback. Honestly, he's not bad. He's one of the better backups. And, well, he's a starter now. And he wasn't really any worse than Marcus Mariota, who came out of Oregon, as uh, highly touted. Yeah, Did he outplay Marcus Mariota? Yes and no. In some ways... Yes, otherwise no. Not as accurate, but more efficient, we'll say. Despite multiple turnovers in the game, which didn't help, he lost a fumble and threw an interception. Where Mariota just threw a touchdown along the way. Jordan Wilkins, hundred or excuse me, 82 yards on the ground with a 55-yard scamper that did not get in the end zone. Unfortunately for him, Merlin Mack stolid, but Jordan Wilkins that break, breakaway speed along the way there from good blocking. Derrick Henry, 81 yards on the ground. For the Tennessee Titans, my favorite player on the Colts. Only got two rushes in the game, Naheem Hines. I would love to have him on Minnesota for special teams, but I don't know. They don't even use him, do they? Bummer. I don't know. I cannot believe Adam Vinatieri is still around. Wow, that guy's a son of a gun, isn't he? He's really something. But, uh, oh well, we'll see what happens with the Indianapolis Colts. Some people think they might actually make the playoffs. Eh, we'll see. They beat a ten- they beat Tennessee though in on, on the road so that's pretty impressive. Talk about impressive here. The Miami Dolphins are tanking with the best of them all time. One of the best tanking teams of all time. Love their love their colors. I've always liked the Miami Dolphins. Always had kind of a soft spot for the Miami Dolphins. And being somebody who's fond of the Patriots, unlike most of you, unfortunately, I'm fond of the New England Patriots. The Dolphins have been a thorn in the side for New England for years. And well, uh, on the road. The Miami Dolphins scored zero points. This is, you know, on the road for New England, that is, in Miami, you know, Hard Rock Stadium. Miami Dolphins scored zero points. The New England Patriots wound up with 43. Yeah, 43 points. <laughs> 43 points, that's that's all. That's just, that's just 43 to nothing, you know, that's not too bad. Mediocre performance by the, by the Patriots, you know, only putting up 43, but then again, yeah, you got 59 last week. From uh, the Baltimore Colts, who did not win today. Wow. Yeah, wrap your head around that. Four interceptions for the Miami quarterbacks. Ryan Fitzpatrick tanking with the best of them when normally he plays well right now, trying to add some extra money to his pocket. Book 23.8 quarterback rating. That might be his, yeah, I don't know not looking good that I was I I don't know that might be his balance in his checking account by the end of this season if this keeps up Josh Rosen not much better 33.8 some stud some stud prospect he is right (laughs) no I mean who knows there's just not a whole lot to enjoy there um gosh uh, Mr. Brown almost broke his neck there after his touchdown during the little Miami leap I guess into like almost fell it looked like he fell backwards almost breaking his neck there getting his first touchdown with the New England Patriots. Julian Edelman, Rex Burkhead, Josh Gordon, all these guys. Rex Burkhead is actually obviously a uh, running back who can do some receiving. Well, Patriots can't cry uh, that they don't have a whole lot of good receivers this year. That's for sure. They have the talent. It's just, my goodness. Um, I think this Patriots team has a chance to win it all again. I think, obviously, I think most of you understand why I would say that. Not just because... Not because, oh, Joey loves the Patriots, but because, well, um, yeah, I think we've seen the last 15, 20 years here of uh, New England football. Their chances of winning the Super Bowl this year are probably better than anybody else right now. And even though it's just the Dolphins, they still look great. Buffalo, how about the Buffalo Bills? 2-0 against the Giants in MetLife Stadium. Yeah, that's the Giants, but Barkley had a nice game. Barkley had a very nice game. 107 yards on the ground, couple of receptions, got in the end zone. Josh Allen, the running quarterback, only 21 yards rushing, but two touchdowns in the game. Not bad, eh? Not bad, eh? Josh Allen, 28-14, doubling up the Giants on the road. Even though the Giants stink, they're still not the easiest team to beat on the road, you know, when you're in their house, so to speak. Good game by Josh Allen, not a good game by old Eli. Old Eli, a couple of interceptions against a Buffalo defense. That ain't bad. Frank Gore, thankfully for him, out of Miami and on a winning ball club right now with Buffalo. The legend Frank Gore, who will be in the Hall of Fame for sure, first ballot he's, he's going to get in 2.6 to carry, just a solid Frank Gore kind of game, you know, no explosion, only a 9 yard long that's all, I mean that's Frank Gore 10 years ago and he's still doing it with the Niners you know, back in the day, Saquon Barkley a little more exciting, 27 yards, getting in the end zone on that play, got into the century mark, 6 yards to carry the Giants managing to hang in there pretty well uh, at times, but Buffalo just the flat-out better team, and good for the Buffalo Bills. Steven Hushka. Hushka, the former uh, sea chicken, dominating with the Bills there. I mean, how about them Bills, eh? But, again, it's not like they're playing the, the Patriots or anything. Just wait till they have to play them. <laughs> That'll be a test. Rematch of the 2005 Super Bowl where the Pittsburgh Steelers ended their little drought and got their fifth championship, and Ben Roethlisberger's first, and finally Bill Cowher, old whatever the heck you call that look that he does. I forget what they call that. Just that <laughs> that cut-lip look, whatever the heck it was. Always making that look. the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, we're, we're tough, we're, we're Pittsburgh tough. Well, they suck, and the Seahawks aren't that good either. People out there still believe Pittsburgh's a playoff team. They're not a playoff team. I'm sorry, they're just not... Seattle's 2 0, Pittsburgh's 0 2. I don't think Pittsburgh's making the playoffs, and that uh, division is awful. That AFC division stinks. Uh, Seattle got revenge on that Super Bowl, as much as that means 14 years later. It doesn't mean anything. Um, Roethlisberger's like the only Steeler still there, and he's not even close to what he once was. He just isn't. Something called Mason Randolph took over for a banged up uh, Benny, old Big Ben couple touchdowns and interception. Russell Wilson, efficient as you know what, despite the fumble. Four stacks on Wilson. That's hard to believe because Steelers defense still has something to it. But they're kind of a, they're kind of a, a hit and miss defense. They really are. Rashad Penny, the rookie there for Seattle, leading the way on the ground with a touchdown. Chris Carson also helping out. My goodness, that's a good team, isn't it? Uh, well, no, they're not. Neither team here is good. But uh, Pittsburgh, I don't know. Eh. You know, I I don't think they're a playoff team. I'm gonna just keep saying it until they finally get eliminated from the postseason. Classic old school NFC East rivalry renewed again with the awesome Case Keenum, and unfortunately he's 0 2 on the season, but putting up solid numbers, good for him. Old hundred million dollars, give it up, give up the bucks. Uh, Prescott leading his club to 2 and 0, 31 21, nice solid win by the Dallas Cowboys. Ugh, I don't know, I hate saying that name. Chase Keenum, very efficient. Prescott, a little better. Blah, 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 blah. Both of them in the hundreds. Zeke Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott, fresh with that gajillion dollar contract. Okay, it was like $90 million, but yeah, it's a lot of money. And Zeke with 111 and a touchdown on the ground. Off to a good start with that new contract. And it's nice to see running backs get rewarded for what they do because, you know, as we said 100 billion times on this show and people say in other shows, not for long. NFL stands for not for long. And other than guys like Adrian Peterson, Emmett Smith, Walter Payton that hang around forever, NFL's not for long for a reason with the running backs. And to see a running back get paid, I'm happy for him as much as I think he's over, it's too much, blah, 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 blah. But hey, running backs often don't last all that long. So they never even get a chance to make their big bucks because it's like, okay, he's due for his contract, but he's 29, and we all know what that 3-0 means. It means not for long when it comes to running backs. Again, unless you're one of those crazy lunatics. Uh, Adrian Peterson, Washington, playing from behind most of the game. The Redskins, of course, only 10 rushes on the ground and did not do a whole lot. 2.5, but he did get into the end zone. So if you had him as your third or fourth running back in fantasy and he was active today, good. Good for you. Uh, Adrian adding another touchdown to his repertoire during the course of his career. Piling up those numbers a bit. Banking another touchdown, if we can call it that. So, Arizona Cardinals looking a little bit better. One stud rookie versus a stud sophomore. Let's call it that. Lamar Jackson, very good. Kyler Murray, amazing. No, Kyler Murray, very, very darn good. Almost, uh, well, 350 yards against the Baltimore defense. On the road, not bad, eh? Kyler Murray, not bad. Not bad for a second game guy out there. After leading his team back, tried to lead his team back again. Strong fourth quarter there, but unfortunately came up short this time around. No tie, just a loss, just a flat-out loss. That first loss of the year, two games into the season. So okay, all right. Lamar Jackson a bit better in the efficiency category, but go with both quarterbacks. You know, hey, this this tells you it's a bright future in the NFL. Uh, David Johnson struggled mightily against that Baltimore D. Whew. And uh, well, again, Arizona was playing from behind the whole time, and I guess they're kind of used to that. The last. Five years or so, touchdown for David Johnson, leading his team uh, back into the game, or at least helping with his young stud quarterback, Lamar Jackson, ran for 120 yards on the ground. Very efficient, very uh, exciting quarterback in Lamar Jackson. Futures bright in Baltimore, and they will make the playoffs. I apologize. I was going to go with Baltimore for so long. But I I went with the Jets. I just had a weird feeling, but it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. They're going to win the division in the AFC North, and they will make the playoffs, and they'll be the only team in this division to make the playoffs, in my opinion, unless Cleveland really can uh, change. But uh, I don't know. As much as I don't like Greg Williams, you know, that whole back and forth with Greg Williams and Odell Beckham, I don't like Greg Williams at all. I think he's a POS. I think he's bad for the NFL. I think he should have been banned a decade ago. I think he should have never coached again. How the F he ever coached another game again is beyond me. He's in there, tried to injure, uh, you know, I mean, it's funny how the, at the time, I believe, I'm forgetting if they had just moved to LA or they were going to. I think they were still St. Louis. That Fisher, uh, Jeff Fisher was still the coach and Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator. Teddy Bridgewater is sliding and the player went helmet to helmet on Teddy and caused a concussion. Great. Great stuff. And it's just like it just constantly happens. Oh, you got to take the head off the beast. Yeah, you almost took the head off a player, not the beast. So a young up-and-coming rookie player, that's real smart. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a rookie at the time. Um, how Craig Williams is still employed, I have no idea. But back to the point, Odell Beckham who, when he said that? Yeah, I don't like Odell Beckham either. He's a, he's a dork. You know, he is the emphasis, just a schmuck. He, he's an emphasis of what I don't like in sports today what I don't like about the NBA will say, it's not this, it's not that, don't jump to conclusions, it's the attitude. It's not anything but the attitude. I don't like the attitude. I don't like the attitude of a lot of players in the NBA. I don't like the attitude of anybody that has an attitude. Just leave it at that. I don't like the attitude of certain players, like the average wide receiver in the NFL. Like, put it this way, Tyler Murray's got a nice bright future. Lamar Jackson, I'm in love with him. Just love Lamar Jackson. I wanted him to come to Minnesota. And heck, if the Patriots needed to get a new quarterback one of these days, which maybe they just don't right now. They just don't. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo would have been buried there till he was 35. Sheesh, the way, the way Tom Brady's going. But, uh, no, I don't like o- Odell Beckham's attitude. So that's the one thing I might agree with uh, Greg Williams. That's the only thing. Yeah, yeah, You know, other than that, though, Greg Williams shouldn't be in the NFL as a coach anymore. I don't understand why he's still employed in this league. <clears throat> it's just odd. <clears throat> pardon me, Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, fun, 13-12, to 12. Houston is 1-1, Jacksonville's is 0-2, I don't really have a whole lot else to say, it's like, eh, who cares, somebody named Minshew, which we talked about last week, actually ran for 56 yards, showing some athleticism, but just like Kirk Cousins, he couldn't hang on to the bleeping ball, and that didn't help, Deshaun Watson is not doing so hot either, and it's too bad, it's sad to see him struggling out there, as good as he was before that doggone ACL, I feel bad for him. I like Deshaun Watson, man. Oh. See again though what I'm getting at, yeah, it's just the wide receivers and certain players in the NBA that I don't like. It's the attitude. I love Deshaun Watson and uh but it sucks to see him struggling. Houston did win though, thirteen to twelve. Yay. Thirteen to twelve. Wow. <laughs> the Texans are just ugh. Ugh. so next week's opponent played their one of their big rivals in that division there. AFC West, I love that division. It's so classic. Oaktown Raiders, will, will they ever play in Vegas? I don't know. One of these decades. The Rams and the Saints, the rematch of the NFC title game, and well, the Rams showed them today. They proved them, they proved everybody wrong by, you know, like, New Orleans should have won. Well, the Rams are 2-0 and and they stomped New Orleans today. And Drew Brees got hurt. Drew, Drew Brees got hurt today. And you got Uncle Teddy out there playing. Uncle Teddy, I don't know why I'm saying that. Uncle Teddy, 30 yards, or 30 attempts, pardon me, 165 yards. Just mediocre, unfortunately. This might be why local uh, uh, local scribes like uh, Patrick Royce say, Why is everybody so obsessed with Teddy Bridgewater? He's so, he's mediocre at best. He was never anything. Well, games like this kind of, fuel his uh, opinion. Teddy Bridgewater, very mediocre for the Saints today. I, I guess it is what it is. Even though you have all the weapons, the Rams' defense is pretty good. I mean, it stifled Tom Brady, and it stifled this Saints team pretty badly today, and injured Drew Brees. Maybe Greg Williams might be back with the Rams again. Okay, sorry, he's with the Jets. Thank God the Vikings don't play the Jets this year. So we'll hear what happens with Odell and the, uh, versus the Jets here coming up tomorrow night. Twenty-seven to nine, the Rams roll over the New Orleans Saints, and they wore the mediocre, boring uniforms. I don't know why, other than I guess the Saints love wearing their dark ones. Come on, wear the cool uniforms. Where would you wear the mediocre white ones? Where are the freaking wear the royal blue and the gold and the bright yellow. Oh, it's beautiful, just the, that fly yellow and the royal blue. This other thing, uh, it's it's just okay. It's it's just okay. I mean, that's all it is. That's all. But uh, nice game for the Rams. They look awful good again. Yeah, it's going to be between them and the Niners for that division there. AFC West, NFC West, pardon me. So, it looks like we're going to be moving on now into the National Football Conference North. The Bears, the Bears, Chicago Bears with the Polish sausage and all that good stuff. Well, they beat the Donkeys 16-14. to 14. They managed to get into double digits in, uh, in Power Field. Whatever we want to call that, Denver managed to get 11 points, trying to make a comeback, but it fell short. It just did. The Bears and the Broncos look kind of similar with that orange and navy color, navy blue kind of combination. They look kind of like their cousins almost. Uh, who cares, right? Why, why do I even make these statements? It's kind of weird. Mitchell Trubisky only attempted 27 passes. Somebody named Joel Flacco, who used to be quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens on a kind of sucky team with Denver, just like Flacco was kind of sucky with the Bravens. Accurate and efficient was Flacco, but not proficient, not spectacular, not that great. Uh, David Montgomery was solid on the ground. Cordero Patterson had a couple of good rushes, one for 46 yards, got it like that. I remember seeing that, and that kind of got things moving in the Bears' favor. Finally got the Bears in a double digits along the way. (laughs) That definitely helped and the bears kicker made all 3 of his kicks and he made the extra points unlike Dan Bailey today 10 points for Eddie Pinero Eddie Pinero leading the way in the kicking department as he was very busy today very busy for the Bears Chicago Bears one and one just like the team that plays in US Bank Stadium that wears purple and gold we're tied with the Bears for well kind of like last place I guess the Lions are kind of like second place because they're undefeated the Lions are undefeated, but they're only 1-0-1. <laughs> undefeated. The Lions are undefeated. <laughs> Isn't that just the cutest thing you ever heard in your life? The Detroit Lions are undefeated after two weeks. It's, it's just adorable. Uh, well, but the Bears are uh, the Bears are victors today in Denver. Very mediocre team. Very boring game. Oh, what a boring game. When it's nice outside, you just want to go outside. But I just, I don't know why I kind of glued my eyes on the TV set with this game just out of curiosity and plus want to be able to at least talk about him a little bit. It was cool to see Cordero Patterson get loose a little bit just like uh, Delvin Cook was loose today for that big carry into the end zone. But uh, very happy for Cordero Patterson. That was the highlight of the whole game really for both teams at the end of the day. David Montgomery, the only guy to actually get in the end zone for the Bears, otherwise Panero was... uh, nailing those kicks, and good for him. Good for him. At least he's not doinking it like old Parkey. Last season in the postseason. Doinking him like Parkey. Mm. That, that was a cute anecdote, wasn't it? Another cute anecdote is the Detroit Lions. Again, they're undefeated in Ford Field. They beat the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, who have been historically one of the best road teams in the NFL the last few years, but they never win anything. Like They'll win a playoff game. They'll win a road playoff game. They never get to the Super Bowl. Once in a while, they get to the AFC Championship game, but they never win it. Only in 94, and that didn't mean anything because Stan Humphreys and Natron Means and all that, they were, you know, Natron Means was good. Humphreys was okay, but you went up against a freaking, like, juggernaut, the 94-49ers. I mean, good luck. I mean, Steve Young was on a mission. That was just his year. And they had Ricky Waters, and they had Deion Sanders for that one single season before the jackass went to the Cowboys, much to our chagrin. Matthew Stafford was mediocre, like always, putting up the numbers but getting multiple interceptions. He would have had a a much higher quarterback efficiency rating if not for that. Phillip Rivers not so good against an improving Detroit defense. I mean, give Matt Patricia credit. The defense is better. It's better. It just stunk in the second half against the Cardinals last week because Kyler Murray actually was on a mission, and he went number one overall for a reason. The Chargers dropped to the same record as a lot of us, one and one. <clears throat> Detroit's 1-0-1. Well, at least they're not like the Vikings getting killed by Buffalo next week or something. Uh, hopefully the Vikings can take care of business against the Oakland Raiders and U.S. Bank Stadium. I would freaking hope so. God. But Detroit, though, eh, just an ugly, boring game, a lot like the other one. The most interesting game by far in the NFC North was Minnesota Green Bay, and it's not even close. And let's be honest, was it that exciting with all those freaking punts, all those... Attempts that looked like they're going to turn into something that didn't. And then you had the batted up ball. That was just stupid. Ball should not be in the air. But at the same time, throwing it at triple teams in multiple cases when you had open men in other places. Kirk Cousins sucks. And that's all there's to say. I mean, that's just all there's to say. When he's doing stuff like that, he sucks. When he's, uh, I don't know, when he's just playing a more intelligent game, then okay. He has a chance to be a hell of a game manager in this league if he wants to be. With those special skills, to be a game manager with those special skills, he could be a great one. But unfortunately, he just kind of tried to do too much. Wrong place, wrong time, and same old crap. I don't think that'll happen next week against the Oakland Raiders, I would hope. But uh, maybe. Packers lead the division 2-0. Detroit second. Minnesota-Chicago riding third, I guess. Not looking so hot. And, uh, well, let's look at the Oakland Raiders if we can humanly possibly do that. Talk about a boring game. Oh, talk about a boring game. And it looked like Kansas City. What a spectacular play it was. Mr., Uh, of course, Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Yes, yes. Son of former Twins pitcher who stunk in Oakland. He gave up nine home runs in 25 innings. When I saw that stat, I was like, okay. Was Pat Mahomes that bad? Yeah, he kind of was. At least he was really bad against the Oakland Athletics the Oakland Athletics always owned the twins especially in the early 90s holy Toledo and that's when Pat Mahomes was in, was with the twins mostly the early 90s into the mid 90s and this tiny little son wearing a twins uniform very early in his life yeah wouldn't that be cool if he was wearing purple and gold right now instead of Kirk Cousins wouldn't that be nice uh, beautiful accurate pass was called back Oh, that was a bummer I believe it was to, I forget, was it? Yeah, it was to Travis Kelsey. And then it ended up being called back for a uh, for a uh, <clears throat> hold. So that was going to be a nice highlight. Kansas City was going to go further ahead, and it didn't happen. So that was kind of not so interesting. Oakland, there is just nothing interesting about this team right now. Really, there's just not. Uh, Derek Carr is, you know, you see moments, and then he gets frustrated, and you saw him on the sidelines. Talking with Gruden, I I, I I don't think this is going to work. Yeah, they won last week, and we're happy for them and everything, but Oakland Raiders are not very good. I mean, they're just, ugh. Twins, the Vikings need to beat the Oakland Raiders. There's just no excuse in, in my mind. you got to beat the Oakland Raiders, right? Please tell me they're going to beat the Raiders. Can we please beat the Raiders? I mean, they beat the Denver Broncos last week at home, which is like, okay. The Denver Broncos are awful. I think they're actually worse than the Raiders. They're awful. And it's sad because Flacco was a Super Bowl MVP, wasn't he? So, I, I don't know. It's kind of sad to see guys like that just drop off that much. It's kind of weird. David Carr. Derek Derek Carr. Not David Carr. That was his older brother with Houston, which did not work out. Derek Carr. Ever since that doggone ankle injury, man. The broken ankle. It's just, he's not even close, you know. I mean, he sees he see moments. But it was against an awful Denver team last week and today. Well, Oakland took the lead and everything. They, they, they had a 10 nothing lead, and they never scored again at all. Uh, I don't know. Patrick Mahomes just did his thing out there. That yeah, guy's unbelievable, isn't he? He actually fumbled in the game on a play that he believed was, uh, well, his arm was going forward. Unfortunately, the referees did not see it that way, and it, it looked like a fumble. It was like a split-second difference. But still an awesome game. Four touchdowns, 443. The guy is about as unbeatable as he gets. And I like him a lot. I like Patrick Mahomes a lot. Again, you don't see any cockiness from the guy. He just plays. He just You can tell he just loves the game. And he's not there to show up his opponent, like 50% of athletes these days. Who can we show up today? He just went out there and played his butt off. And I love him. Uh, Derek Carr, again, mediocrity at best. Oakland definitely has the promising players like Josh Jacobs, of course. Big game for him. 51 yards on the ground. uh, I mean, on one play, 99 total yards. So, Josh Jacobs is one of the main attractions for the Oakland Raiders. You don't have to worry about uh, Brown anymore, of course, because he's with the Patriots. Uh, Josh Jacobs, first-round pick, Oaktown Raiders running back this year, so... I don't know, trading down and on trading up and trading down and doing this, doing what Oakland does. Lashawn McCoy recently acquired from the Buffalo Bills to the Kansas City Chiefs—a team that's seen multiple talented running backs get busted for this and that, and, and either never play again or wind up on different teams. Crazy situation there with Kansas City. You kind of feel for them, don't you? Uh, Lashawn McCoy, though, there you go. There's some some hope, some veteran help there, and a guy who's been pretty prolific for a not-so-good uh, Buffalo team. Gosh, 2009 already. Man, LaShawn McCoy's been around a long time. That kind of sucks. Yeah, he's, he's in his 30s. That sucks. So it's kind of like no wonder. And I do remember him with Philadelphia. Man, it's like eternity ago, isn't it? That's like eternity. Whew. Boy, he was a hell of a player, though, especially with the Philly. In the last couple of years with Buffalo, he's all right. Ah, Really good with Philly. Man, I almost forgot about those days. Hmm, Man. But uh, back to the Raiders. John Gruden, it's just not working out. I don't know. And Oakland has stunk for, like, decades. Like, they made the playoffs once in 15 years, a couple years ago, and they had that awesome record. But, again, doggone it. They had their third-string quarterback out there, Derek Carr, the broken ankle. I don't know. I, I wanted to see the Raiders do well. I thought that was sweet. I thought it was cool, man. Oakland Raiders might have the number one seed in the AFC. And then the ankle injury happens, and, man, they drop down to third place, or uh, they they dropped down to, excuse me, they were like the fifth seed, right? They dropped down to the wild card, because Denver, at the last second, pulled away and won the division, and not only won the division, but wound up with the number one seed in the AFC, and they ended up taking advantage of that, and they won it all. Peyton Manning's final season. God, Derek Carr, it's been like forever since he's been like this, isn't it? It's sad. It's been years now, how mediocre they've been after that wonderful start for Derek Carr, and uh, man, you've seen coaching changes, and you bring in the what's-his-face old uh, Chucky himself, and he's not been anything that great. To be fair, Derek Carr's numbers were okay. I mean, 28-6 and in 2016, but it's just, you've seen the mediocrity kind of take over ever since then. I mean, he was so bleeping good in 2015. I remember when the Vikings actually beat the Raiders in 2015. As good as the Raiders were that year, the Vikings actually beat them, and it was so cool. But um, now, here we are, and uh, a crying shame that that happened to Oakland at the last second. Crying, crying shame. How uh, talented that Oakland team truly was. Um, It's amazing how things change so quickly. and uh, mm, It's a mess. Vikings should be able to beat the Oakland Raiders. I mean, you got the nice young running back, Jacobs, quarterback, of course Derek Carr. I think the Vikings defense should be fine. I mean, if they can only muster 10 points against the Kansas City defense, that's decent. The uh, Vikings should be fine. Vikings defense plays anything like they did today. It's going to be something like 10 points for Oakland at best. You're going to see multiple turnovers, I think, from Oakland in this game. I truly believe that. I think you're going to see frustration. You're going to see nastiness. And the Vikings are going to put up like 35 points. Don't be surprised if you see a nice resurgent game from a guy who's finally admitting that he stunk. You know, he he didn't push blame elsewhere as much today that I've seen in in previous times the only worry about which you can control, it was more of like, I was bad today, I'm very disappointed so, hopefully, maybe Kirk Cousins has a nice rebound game against maybe one of the worst teams in the NFL here it's amazing how loyal their fans still are, even though they're leaving town, crazy, it's just the weirdest situation I've ever seen it's an awfully loyal fan base for a team that has just been awful for so long and it's sad, man it's sad. I like the Raiders, damn it. I'd like to see them do better, but uh, maybe they will in uh, Vegas, I guess. It's probably... I wouldn't be surprised if there's a coaching change in the next year or two, though. As much as I loved Gruden with the Raiders years ago, and I liked him with Tampa, I loved him with Oakland. If, can you tell the difference there? No, I just don't like the Buccaneers at all. Never have. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't see him lasting throughout his whole contract, Even but it'll be a big check they'd have to write if they actually get the balls to make that move moving to Vegas could do that to you though yeah yeah gamble baby you make the gamble and you put down the money and wow everything's gonna be okay now yeah we'll see but um, Vikings no excuse it should be a very favorable game something like 28 to 10 something similar in the Vikings case especially Delvin Cook on the ground I mean is there any reason why the Vikings running game shouldn't be successful You know, I mean, they did well, though, against LaShawn McCoy. So I'll I'll, I'll be fair. That Raiders defense did a hell of a job against LaShawn McCoy. So I think you're going to see a better game from Kirk Cousins, and you better. Oakland's run defense is certainly better than their passing defense. We will try to establish the run a bit, but um, I do think Kirk Cousins is going to get over 300 yards, and I think he'll throw three touchdowns in the game. He's going to have a rebound game, and this is the game to do it. And the Vikings will win the game. 27-14, 27-14, something like that. Vikings will win convincingly. 31-17, 31-10, to, 17, 31 to, ta, 31 to 10, something. I, mean, I think the Vikings are going to win by multiple touchdowns in the game. And um, you might see one, one, or one stupid play here, uh, maybe one fumble or one interception from Kirk Cousins in the game. But other than that, he's going to have a big game. It'll be his best game of the year, probably, against the Oakland Raiders, yay. But at least the Vikings will get uh, back to their winning ways and be 2-1. and one at the end of the day, in my humble opinion. Minnesota officially, let's go with, man, you know, because Kansas City could have scored 40 against this team today, but again, good solid run defense down the stretch. And it was a road game for the Chiefs, if that means anything. In yeah, this day and age for the Chiefs, they look like a Super Bowl contender. Minnesota wins 20, 27-14, 27-10 along the way, 27 to 10. Minnesota will win 27 to 10 against the Oakland Raiders in a very solid convincing win. Three touchdowns for Kirk Cousins in the game. In my opinion, Delvin Cook or maybe Madison will get his uh, first touchdown as uh, as an NFL running back next week. With that said, we'll take a quick break and come back for Fan Interaction and wrap up this ditty. We are back here on Purple Mafia fan interaction segment. Ready to wrap things up here. Segment number three. Yet another week at Purple Mafia show is the Twitter account at Purple Mafia show. Of course, the information will be in the show description. I want to thank Gerald String out of Nebraska for retweeting to episode 295. Little passing needed today. It's just like, whew. ah, today just was what it was. I, I don't even, I don't even know, man like all these ideas come through my head, it'll pop up here in a minute, I had something and it's well, you know, it just pops up as I upload the show sometimes, Mad Martin says four plays and 70 yards, 76 yards, horrible, and yeah, that's how quick it was for the Packers, right out of the gate, another series like that my French could be colorful, yep, and they had a few, so I'm sure his French got pretty colorful indeed, meaning swearing a lot yep Mad Martin said, what's with the kicking, oh my god, that the 47 miss, 47 yard miss Holy bleep, this is looking like that Buffalo game. 12 over 100 yards already. Yep, can you believe that? He was saying he totally agreed with me on, what was I saying? Yep, I was saying Favre was at least somewhat likable, even when he was in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is an arrogant dickhead, basically. And I said, uh, I cannot stand the arrogance of that man. He is so annoying to look at, even. And Mad Martin says that stupid bit of hair around his mouth, all he needs is a monocle. Yeah, pretty much. It looks like he's from, like, 1919. You know, doesn't he, though? Probably, like, some players and fans back in those days, man, it might have looked like that. And let's get the monocle going, like uh, Colonel Mustard or something on the, the game Clue. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, Mad Martin says it's on Sky TV over here, and we normally lose when they are on. Yep. That stupid bit of, yep, Talking about that. Fumble, the slackers are up for this game. We all knew that the purple was thin in the secondary this year. And boy, does it show. Someone teach the offensive line how to pass protect. Yep, and then Cook got things going, starting the bleeding, not ready to raise the right flag. And I'm glad you didn't, and I'm glad I didn't. I almost did. Uh, Man Martin says, secondary has been sliced up pizza, and we cannot stop the run. And that's what was the case for so long, and then things changed so dramatically. Back in the game, brother terrible officiating and let's not discuss the kicking and of course that was the uh, icing on the cake and such when uh, Stephon Diggs, it should have been a touchdown and then of course you had a strange new, yep, you have that rule now where pass interference on a touchdown basically can be reviewed, pass interference in the end zone area can be reviewed and it was and yeah, it was really frustrating it says that feels like 2012 great running back and an indecisive quarterback it sounds, it looks a lot like that um So, Adrian Peterson is now fifth on the NFL's all time list for running backs. So, yeah, big, big, big. That's kind of cool, that thing flashing around on Twitter here. Uh, Mad Martin says, seeing a lot of hate for Cousins on social media tonight. Not a fan, but I'm not ready to throw him under the bus. Still a terrible game from him. I kind of threw him under the bus today, Mad Martin. Uh, I hope you're okay with that. It just kind of is what it is. I mean, I don't know. Well, that's what it's all about. Uh, You know, opinions and all that. It's extremely frustrating. It it really is. Um, I'm trying to dig up the all-time rushing, too, here on the fly. As, uh, yep, again, like I said, it happened earlier today, despite a pretty weak uh, number during the course of today. This is not making a whole lot of sense. That can't be right, unless they haven't been adding it. Hmm. Okay, let's leave that alone. Um, Interesting. Maybe I'll... uh, uh, Oh, scoring list, okay, yes, scoring as in getting in the end zone, yep, so that's what was important that touchdown, I, somehow I just knew that it had to do with it um, somehow I just knew it, so yep, it's, it's the rushing yards my, my apologies there, because there's always that uh, rushing yards, passing touchdowns, passer rating, blah 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 rushing touchdowns, here we go maybe we can load up all that beautiful stuff, yep, Emmett Smith was number one there Arian Peterson, uh tied Jim Brown. That's a guy that a lot of people say he's quite similar to, uh, Jim Brown. So, fifth all-time there. He was ahead of John Riggins at the time. So, yes, he actually got his 107th touchdown, so he passed Jim Brown. Only three more to pass Walter Sweetness. Can you believe that? And Marcus Allen, who played forever with uh, Oaktown Raiders, slash, actually it was the Los Angeles Raiders in the 80s. And then uh, the Kansas City Chiefs much later on. Marcus Allen was the Los Angeles Raiders and Chiefs. 123, Adrian Peterson's chances of catching him, mm, well, it depends on how long he's going to play. Ladanian Thomas at 145, and Emmett Smith 164. I don't see him catching Ladanian or Emmett Smith, but who knows? Marcus Allen, maybe. Walter Payton, very good chance. Pretty crazy. So, Adrian Peterson and the touchdown rushing. Not, not yardage, but touchdown. So, thank you for that. Very much appreciated. I wish I could retweet this story. I'm sure I can. Ah, oh, boy uh that was that yep there it is I will retweet it now like and retweet Should pass on the information pretty cool pretty cool, pretty cool so fifth all time he did get his hundred and seventh touchdown today despite only twenty five yards on the ground for old uncle a p yeah uncle a p uncle a p well yep that's the end of the Twitter there Thank you Mad Martin always a legend thank you very much out of Northern Scotland let's get to the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show but also a quick shout out to MN Vikings Haven MN Vikings Haven Trevor Wicker the founder of that Facebook page kind enough to allow me to uh, post links to purple Mafia on that page or kind of like a you know a plug or whatever you want to call it a uh, spam hopefully you don't call it spam I'm just kidding around. But uh, thank you again for that, Trevor Wicker, and I encourage you guys to join that page, Vikings Conversation, and of course, do join the Purple Mafia Show Facebook page. Of course, Purple Mafia Show, very much welcome on board to those of you that might be newcomers. Lots of Viking fans have been adding me, but I don't think it's anything to do with my show. We would would be nice. Maybe the numbers will spike one of these days. But uh, there's been good days, there been bad days. I mean, it's a it's a it's a liked show, but it's not like I get bajillions of listeners or anything. Uh, let's get this going Boy, yeah there's a lot going on this week wasn't there little passing needed of course six comments here and nothing loaded that's great Justin Mayer Henry out of Colorado but now residing in Michigan with his fiancee very cool gonna get married very soon awesome guy there Justin Mayer Henry says tuning in can't wait to listen thanks as always and, uh, yep, thank you so much, Justin. He says, perfect, perfect episode name, by the way. A little passing needed, and I wish I wish it was related this week. I really do. Justin Mayer says, great show as always. Damn, it feels good to have football back. Gerald String says, can't wait to rock PM on Monday. We'll save the passing game for later. It's coming. Be patient. Damn, Cook's the man with the plan right now. Been a long time coming for that stud. That's the thing. It really has. I mean, you know, he was doing so good. And then he got hurt. And then last year, it just was kind of lingering around and then kind of came back sort of and then was basically on a pitch count a la Rocco Baldelli with the Twins. Like, okay, it's, a seventh, it's the sixth inning. Okay, take him out. Yeah, he's pitching a no-hitter, but yeah, take him out. You know, he's, he's got 99 pitches. You know, it's kind of like that. I love Rocco Baldelli. I think he's great. Just saying. You know, maybe sometimes it's okay to go a tiny bit through a Boy, Atlanta opening things up on Carson Wentz, the... Uh, yeah, I won't call him this or that. Uh, I, I I don't know. Too bad Atlanta didn't do this. Okay, let's get over it now. It's kind of old now. Old there's McKenzie Alexander could miss some time. He's gonna miss a couple of weeks with of a separated, uh, dislocated elbow. So that sounds really bad. Um, hopefully there was no tendon damage, but there probably was some. But hopefully nothing like torn per se. Mark Carlson, the legend out of Iowa, says it starts already. Next man up and. Well, we struggled there for a while, and that was the veteran-established guys, like freaking Xavier Rhodes, who looked like crud. He was, you know, you're hoping guys to be somewhat close, like a lot of the Packer defenders were. Like that frickin' Jair Alexander, who was just a pain in the ass to go up against today for uh, Adam Thielen. Pain in the ass. Oh, the whole game, he was just like, you know, white on rice when it came to uh, Adam Thielen. And then you have... Xavier Rhodes, he's like he's like 10 yards away from the guy half the time. Like, what's going on? Gee, it was really frustrating. Uh, Leland, what's, what are we saying amen to? Oh, okay, cool. I talked about 9-11, and I'll be doing a moment of silence here. I stated on September 11th. This was Wednesday. 9-11 was 18 years ago today already. I remember working at U.S. Bank that morning. And yes, I was at U.S. Bank as a youngster there. I was twenty. Two, at the time. 21. 21, yeah, t- 2001. That was 20... I was 22. I was 22 years old. Yep, 79. Uh, I, I remember working at U.S. Bank that morning and not sure what was going on until the second plane hit. Because the first one, it's kind of like, huh, what what what's exactly going on? I, I, I don't get it. Then the second plane hit, and it's like, oh, God. It went from news... That was big news going on, but it wasn't like like turn everything off your news until like no matter what is on right now it is only going to be it's only going to be that no matter if it's some sitcom from the 80s is on or live local news is on or the price is right is on nope news flash everything has to go to this now 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 and that's what happened because the second plane hit it was so crazy Uh, the weather was beautiful that day it was a beautiful pristine blue sky that day temperatures maybe 75, 78, 75-ish, two points maybe in the low 50s, upper 40s, just gorgeous, not a cloud in the sky, but the mood, it was such a somber day, and of course that was locally here in the Twin Cities, but it was like that over in New York, just perfect day, beautiful. Uh, The mood was so somber and uncertain. Uh, I I remember seeing young men in the streets waving newspapers, yelling, extra, extra, just like the old days during World War II and whatever. Extra, extra, read all about it, like the old days. And it was real in downtown Minneapolis. uh, We will never forget the people who died saving the others. We will never forget those who lived saving the others as well. We will never forget the victims who just came to work like any other day and did not come home. With that said, we will now give all the above on 9/11 a moment of silence. God bless um, the United States of America. Thank you again, all of you that uh, were responders and man alive, Whew, that was uh, unbelievable. 18 years ago, 18 years ago, somebody born on 9/11, 2001 turned the age of 18 already. Can you imagine that? Um, well just like the Minnesota Twins getting their a pitcher I don't even want to remember his name, Sam Dyson Twins got Sam Dyson and well, it was basically damaged goods and well, we're just kind of like not counting on him I guess, and that's extremely frustrating typical Twins luck I guess uh, from the uh, San Francisco Giants the Minnesota Vikings plays Josh Doxson, the guy we just acquired uninjured reserve with a hamstring issue So he's going to miss at least half the season here. It's not a whole season injured reserve, but we'll see. We just got him for crying out loud, so that's pretty frustrating. Brett McCarthy's saying, for what? And I said, hamstring. He says, really, I was hoping to see him this weekend, and we're not going to, I guess. Another, just another another flashback here. September 13th, the Minnesota Vikings win in Brett Favre's return to Green Bay, and that was 10 years ago. So you go from 18 years with 9-11 to 10 years ago in Lambeau Field, one of the most beautiful games. And that's two. That's the second of two unbelievable memories that we have with the Vikings playing in Lambeau Field. This was a 3.30 Sunday afternoon game, and then you had the legendary Monday night game where it was a rainy day in Lambeau when Randy Moss, there was too much Moss in the end zone that day. It was the most beautiful day ever, so beautiful, as everybody saw Favre and the Packers as the best team in the league until that day. And then it was the Vikings were the best team in the league that day. And then you had the cocky, arrogant, up-and-coming Aaron Rodgers, who hated Brett Favre for doing basically what Tom Brady's doing in New England, just would not step aside. Of course, Favre wasn't 40 years old yet. He was 40 with Minnesota by the time he got here, and he played awesome. And the Vikings hung in there despite some scary moments. Uh, some of those Packer receivers just not hanging on onto the ball, like Donald Lee and such, just not quite hanging on to the ball. Bubba Franks, blah, 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 blah. And the Vikings hung on and defeated the Packers, and Favre enjoyed every moment of it, and it was beautiful. He got booed the hell out of it. That was 10 bleeping years ago. Man, what a fun season that truly was. Mark from Iowa says, I get excited every time these two teams meet, and reading this article has me amped up. It's great to look back in time and talk about the team and players of the past. I could never in a million years imagine that Brett Favre were purple, and I remember that feeling. It was just the most cool thing ever. It was so cool. He says, and then it happened. It must have been a dagger to the hearts of, of many cheeseheads, and I loved every minute of it. Thanks for sharing this article. Skull, Mark from Iowa. And here's an interesting flashback here from Gerald String. He says, I was at that game, Joey best live game I have been at, to bar none. The electricity was unbelievable. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine how amazing that truly was. Wow. That must have been really fun. Oh, I I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you, that's, a, that's a lifelong memory right there for you. Without a doubt. So now we get to the uh, in-game threads, and Dave vicky has got a pretty good gem there at the end. Very busy comments, and I was vulgar, and I apologize for some of you that thought maybe a little overboard for a guy who's supposed to be a show host to Maybe not very polite, maybe not very good. I wasn't rude to any individual person. I was just, you know, cursing at the game itself, cursing at the moments, this and that. So at least you have that, at least I have that going, I guess, in my defense. Again, though, I apologize if I was a bit too much during the course of this one. Oh, man, some awful moments, some good moments. I even flipped off the camera. Let's see who liked that one. Brett McCarthy and Josh Mayer-Henry out of uh, Colorado there in Josh Mayer-Henry's case. <laughs> uh, all those defensive stands all went for nothing. Just like last year, the spectacular comeback and the great play by Adam Thielen, multiple huge plays by Thielen and sacrificing his body to watch Dan Carlson miss three uh, three opportunities to put the game over, uh, to put the game on ice. It was just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. So it was, uh, man. Mm, mm, mm. I saw something from Dave Hickey. I'll keep moving here. He was saying the Vikings were the least, yep, this is an interesting comment here. The Vikings were the least penalized team in 2018, in the 2018 season. Well, the officials are making up for that today, and oh my, were they ever. Penalty after penalty after penalty. It was uh, really something else. At the end of the day, let's see who replied here. Mark Carlson said it's overwhelming. Yes, it is. Yeah, man, Adams and Jones, yep. Oh. Mayor Henry was saying he's watching his team with Adams and Jones. Oh, look at you. But, hey, I don't blame you. Good players. Devontae Adams is a really good player. Uh, And, of course, Mr. Jones, there, Aaron Jones. Tony Coleman making a cameo. Yeah, he disappeared last week, and he came for one comment here. Hopefully he's in the uh, postgame. Tony Coleman, the legend, Hall of Famer out of South Dakota, says, Somebody call the defense and remind them there's a game today. Yankee out of Brooklyn Center says, I know we lost Alexander, but Fikes playing like they haven't lost half the defense. And that's what it was in the early st- uh, stages there. Yeah, it was really frustrating. Uh, Todd Vanderme was saying all oh, the Vikings were in no-show, and they certainly were in that first quarter. Oh, my. Mike Biller, Stu Evans says, looks like it might be a long day. Our defense was out of position. We're getting out-coached already. And that was, again, after the first drive. It was really a hell of a thing. Hell of a start to the game. But luckily, things got better after Delvin Cook ran all the way. Yep back and forth horse shit call yep I was getting really mad about that Diggs uh, well not Diggs but uh, the call against uh, Cook on Diggs' touchdown that was extremely frustrating which should have been one of two touchdowns for Stephon Diggs I thought Dave Hickey had a big one here maybe he moved it to the other section I don't know I'm not seeing it here Hmm. hopefully it's still in there I'll go find out I guess the hard way We'll go to the post game now. I'll probably backtrack here, maybe here and there. We'll see what happens. David okay, had a lot to say. Uh, he says it looked like it was going to be a blowout right away, but Zimmer made must have made some adjustments. It was a strange game. Other than Cook's great game, everyone else made mistakes. Diggs with the helmet. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Thielen and Diggs with penalties. Way to get way too many flags on the, way too many flags on the field today us to go into their house and get a victory and that definitely did not help Malcolm McSween out of California says it's a tough task to go into Green Bay and win especially when they had a couple more days to prepare for us yeah it was tough it was tough alright tough situation to say the least and again yes they did have a uh, extra couple days because they started on Thursday Cousins ha- Cousins lost that game says Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota can't disagree says with his interceptions all he had to do was hand it off to Cook the Packers were gassed. Run Cook. And yeah, I can't dis- really disagree with that. Trey Buckholz says, clear pass interference on that end zone interception. Yep, the Packers may uh, look like they pushed off. He says, might just be time for a class action against the NFL. Nice. Nice, Trey. Eric Mostard, South Dakota, says, Pizza Ranch quarterback. Yep, yep, Pizza Ranch quarterback. Oh, brother. Yep. <laughs> and that commercial just kind of sums it all up, doesn't it? How Kirk Cousins is just kind of silly, and then he wants to fist-pound with a guy, and the guy's not having it. So I, I guess uh, Pizza Ranch quarterback had some nice moments today, but we need more consistency like State Farm quarterback. Either one of the two State Farm quarterbacks, because you got freaking uh, Patrick Mahomes there too. Can you imagine? Jay Grupinski, He's from New Jersey. Can you believe it? New Jersey, pretty cool. Got New Jersey on the show now. Kirk blew the game with an interception or the worst thrown ball in history in the history of the game. Very disappointing and that was one of the worst. But McCarthy says refs too. This one will hurt. Defense held up and we couldn't score. And it's so similar to last year in the sense of this group of players just were unbelievable and they were completely let down by this guy. Last year it was Dan Carlson let everybody down when Adam Thielen and such just killed themselves out there. And then today you yeah, had the defense shut down Green Bay like freaking three straight quarters. I mean, it's unbelievable. They shut them down in every single offensive possession the rest of the game. And this guy just throws the ball to them. And it was literally like he just threw it to them. I mean, cripple coverage, the same crap that Trubisky uh, did, the same crap that Matt Ryan did. And, and it's just, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Dave Hickey says... I would give my friend award to Cook and the Ponder award to Cousins. Absolutely hit the nail on the head with that one. There's just no doubt. Uh, Yankee, out of Brooklyn Center, says touchdown, re- touchdown review should only review to see if the ball carrier passed the goal line. not look for penalties to reverse it. Yeah, that is kind of stupid, isn't it? Defense deserves the praise for doing a 180 in the second half and keeping the uh, Green Bay in check. Cook Is a monster, and I can't wait to see more of him. No doubt about it. Me neither. I can't wait at all. It's going to be awesome. William Carr says, thanks, Kirk. William Carr out of... uh, He's out of California. Gerald String says, was traveling today and just got home. So just reading the comments, I think everyone about covered it. My main question on the late interception was why were they throwing away? Why were they throwing away? They were running the ball so well and trying to run the clock down, that's the one, I mean, that, that's one on the play calling in my book, Cousins still struggling in big moments, trying to think of a game since he's been with us, where he actually led the team in a big game, at a crucial time in the game, I'm still trying to think, to me, it was the Philadelphia game last year, but that's it, one game, once, una, one game, Unless it's the Super Bowl, one game is not good enough. You've got to do it more often than once. Once. And uh, that's literally what happened. It was once. It was once. (laughs) Once. It just makes me sick saying that. One time, man. I mean, I can't even believe that. It was the Philly game, though. That was a big game at the time. I mean, Philly was a playoff team. It was a road game. And Kirk Cousins was freaking awesome in that game. And he kept getting better and better and better and better. So, uh, luckily... Things improved, luckily. Mm, I swear there was a Dave Hickey one, so this is bugging me a little bit. I hope I can find it. Ah oh man, I hope it's in here somewhere. It should be. It should be nominated day because he had something cool in there. This one was, yep, yeah, that's the same one from before. I don't think he would delete it. Keep going down. If I don't see it soon, I'm just gonna have to. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to it. It was a good one. Maybe it's in a different thing here. But I'm curious. Maybe I'll take a try and find it on the side. Uh, I don't think there was any... I don't think there were any uh, posts during the week. No. The last one was September 5th. I should read that, actually. Mark Carlson was saying it's Thursday night and the season is about to kick off. I'm pretty happy to see it's a NFC North battle. It'll be interesting to see these rival teams play... And I see there's already lots of hype about the change of head coach in Green Bay. One last thought. What crappy music they are featuring before tonight's game. It's horrid. Of course, that's just my opinion. School, Mark from Iowa. And you know what? In my opinion, almost anything after 1995 is awful. That's just my opinion. Almost anything. There's some good stuff, I suppose, like Play. is decent. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how's the play when it comes to modern music? anything with auto-tune in it, or something that sounds like auto-tune, like modern stuff, I can't, to me, it's unlistenable, and, I don't know, that's almost everything nowadays, so some people are, maybe that was Dave Vicky's comment, I guess it was, I guess that was the one, yeah, I think that was it, um, well, with that said, let's start getting to the stars and wrapping up this show, it's always hard, it always is, (laughs) I want to give Dave Vicky the gold star. I thought he was really good. Uh, Brett McCarthy. You know, Dave Vicky and Brett McCarthy should share the gold star this week. They were just so good. Brett McCarthy, very active throughout the entire game. Bad uh, Martin is going to bring in the silver, gold plated silver star. I mean, just awesome. Love you guys. Always have so much to say. Dave Vicky, great. Brett McCarthy. Uh, bronze star should go to probably. Mm, who was it? Uh, I want to give the bronze star. Oh boy, I want to give the bronze star to Yankee and Gerald. Yankee and Gerald are going to bring in the bronze star. I'm in the season of giving again because there's so many good comments and there was so many things said today in a game like this. Uh, Yankee and Gerald string bring in the bronze star, silver star to Mad Martin, and the gold star will be shared with uh, Dave Vicky. So a gold star for each of you, Dave Vicky. And Brett McCarthy, thanks, guys, so much for your conversation. Can't thank you enough. And those of you, man, that just keep it coming, keep it coming, keep you coming, keep it coming. I love all of you. You're spectacular. And uh, you keep me going. And hopefully I keep you going as well during the week. As it's, it's just, I don't know. Oh, Monday morning sucks, doesn't it? It, it sucks. But it's, it's life, unfortunately. Uh, now we'll talk to you about the uh, getting on the show and wrap things up here. There's the phone line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Purple Mafia Show. Your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine be greatly appreciated. There's the audio submission route, because the other one is a voicemail, and it you get cut off after three minutes, so be aware of that. The audio submission, there really is no limit, but try to keep it around five-ish minutes at maximum. That's just the way it is, I think, if you can. If you have a ton to say, you have a ton to say. But uh, then when you're done, save it and send the file to live at yahoo.com live at yahoo.com I will then convert it into an mp3 file, thanks to zamzar or converto.com Great websites that provide a free service if it's a small file, which these would be a large file, there's a small fee and I believe you sign up for a subscription or something like that. Pretty cool website, so I'm happy to give them a free plug because they give me a free service that helps my show. So... It's only fair, right? It's only fair, eh? <laughs> One final thing also. Please do write a positive review on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Podcasts if humanly possible. If you're willing to take a short time, write a, write a, a nice five-star review. Have something good to say. Always appreciate it. It looks more attractive to potential listeners. This and that. So, If you can do that, i greatly appreciate it. And those of you that have in the past i can't thank you enough it's just so greatly appreciated with that said it's gotten warmer out after a stretch of cold weather extremely wet weather this past week what a frustration it was i ended up having to cut grass on saturday for the first time in a while usually i'm lucky enough i can get things wrapped up by friday one way or another but uh i had to actually cut grass on saturday for the first time in a couple years i think that was interesting but it got done it got done, and this too shall pass, and this and that. So, this next week looks just gorgeous for the, those of you la- local in the Twin Cities, and hopefully in Iowa as well. It's going to be nice and gorgeous because it's similar. You know, the weather's similar. You always have certain, like, days are different here and there, but generally speaking, the weather's often similar in this five state region we call Minnesota, South Dakota, Iowa, Wisconsin, and North Dakota. That's the five state region we call it around here. So, Usually the weather's similar one way or another. So with that said, I hope uh, those of you locally or semi-locally enjoy this uh, warm September week. Uh, it looks like uh, we might have some humidity, though, some of us. I don't know if it's from one of the hurricanes or what, or that tropical storm. But there's no wind, so yes, no, maybe so. Because usually when there's a hurricane, particularly in the Gulf that moisture gets blown up here and you get extremely strong southeast winds because of the hurricane. Like, the hurricane winds come up this far, they're just not as strong by the time they reach here. But it also shows just how powerful those hurricanes truly are because they reach thousands of miles. Like, Hurricane Irma was like, basically Hurricane Irma did what it would call its version of climate change, so to speak. When it was way out in the Atlantic Ocean, we got a nice cool breeze, nice cool air, because we're on the other side of, uh, the big giant circle, basically, that a hurricane forms in, on the planet, basically, or at least in this, like, general area of 4,000-plus miles, whatever. We were on the cool side, and then when it got closer to, like, Florida into the Gulf area, almost, here came the humidity. So, kind of interesting how that works. Um, that was Hurricane Irma, which was, uh, boy, I've never seen anything like that one. Uh, this last one was quite interesting, no doubt. And that was like a steady state storm which some of those classic meteorologists would say, where it literally rains torrentially, and it stops. It doesn't move. It just stays there and keeps raining torrentially, which causes flooding up the ass, to be uh, blunt. So we had one of those in 1987, but that was a steady state storm. It wasn't a hurricane, where the hurricane was turning into a steady state storm. It was the weirdest thing ever. Look that one up. You'll see that in Google, and you'll be like, wow, that's interesting, way back in 87, We got flooded up the, you know what, because of a rare uh, uh, occurrence called a steady state storm, right? Usually torrential rain comes and goes because it's moving quickly. That one just stood there. It was weird, and it happened, and it kept happening. (laughs) So, and that's kind of what this recent hurricane did as well. Pretty weird stuff. With that said, there you go, talking about the weather again at the end of the show. Paul Douglas stopped the radar? (laughs) Channel 11, Channel 4, whatever channel he's on. No, he's not on any channel anymore. Mostly just WCCO radio now. But uh, with that said, I will now shut up about the weather. Enjoy it, though, because it's a nice time of year. Uh, take care. Go Vikings against the uh, Oakland Raiders. No excuses next week. It's probably the easiest game on the schedule. It's got to be, right? Vikings are 2-1 and one next week, and we'll talk to you after that.